KPBS On Demand is supported by the University of San Diego, offering professional and continuing education courses in the areas of business, education, healthcare, and engineering. For enrollment opportunities, visit pce.sandiego.edu. Good morning. I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, August 27th, a digital Dunkirk. We'll have more on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. Some parent groups in San Diego have called on school districts to refuse to follow state health department rules requiring masks in school. Yet, on Thursday, a student coalition held a virtual news conference to demand more COVID-19 protections on campus. The speakers included UC San Diego sophomore Genevieve Kodnikchoffer. I'm sad that not enough students have figured it out yet, but I'm hopeful because more and more students are learning how to raise their voice, how to make themselves heard, and how to shape their own future. The coalition includes groups called Generation, Protect Us, and Teens for Vaccines. They say they want mask mandates, on-campus vaccine clinics, testing, and vaccine verification. Meanwhile, when classes start on Monday for San Diego Unified School District, students will be required to wear masks inside the classroom and out. District officials say they're strengthening their mask policy because of the continuing surge of COVID-19. Students will also be socially distanced. Earlier this week, KPBS reported that the Cajon Valley School District had a number of Afghan students and families stuck in Kabul. The district now says three families have safely made it out of Afghanistan. Tamara Otero is the governing board president at Cajon Valley. We do know of two more families that are out of Afghanistan and that are um, safe. I can't tell you any more about where they are. They're not in El Cajon yet, but they are safe. Congressman Daryl Issa is also working with the district to help bring home the remaining five families. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com. Afghans who worked for the Americans are increasingly desperate to flee their country. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh says they're reaching out to friends, volunteers, and veterans groups ahead of the U.S. deadline for ending evacuations. And veterans here in the U.S. are working to help them. And he, uh, I'm going to have to make a change real quick. Do what you're going to do. Sean Van Diver, a Navy vet, is with the San Diego chapter of the Truman National Security Project. He's a busy man. He had to stop answering my questions to check on Afghans trying to make their way to the U.S. Nothing like this has ever happened before. This is the most uniquely American thing I've ever seen. People that don't do this just pulling themselves up and getting out. And I'm working from 4 a.m. to midnight every day for people that we've never met. Supporters call it a digital Dunkirk when hundreds of pleasure boats were pressed into service to rescue British troops trapped in France during World War II. Vet groups like No One Left Behind, which has worked for years to bring military translators back to the U.S., are working alongside hastily assembled vet coalitions like Van Divers. These groups are also discouraging American volunteers from making the chaos worse. 
like chartering flights into Kabul without a clear plan to get people into the airport in time. It's heartbreaking work. For the human thing, for the sake of God, I beg them to save my children. Desperate Afghans are reaching out, including one man who worked for an American contractor at Bagram Air Force Base in the 2000s. We're not using his name for security reasons. He's still trying to figure out the visa process. I have a lot of friends that they know me. I helped helped them on that time. Now it's my time to help. Afghan vets have contacts over there. They're getting these messages, these desperate pleas for help. Christopher Goldsmith is a vet advocate and Iraq war veteran. He lost touch with his unit's translator when ISIS took over. A week ago, he created Evacuate Our Allies. The uncertainty for me is heavy, but the certainty of knowing that these desperate cries for help suddenly go silent, that's going to be unimaginably more tough for many more people. He says for veterans coming to the aid of their Afghan allies is probably the clearest objective of the 20-year war. The group is urging the White House to extend the deadline and cut through red tape so more people can be airlifted out of Kabul. Mohammed is a translator who came to San Diego less than two years ago. It took him more than three years to go through the special immigration visa program. He still has family trapped in Afghanistan. He's also getting calls from other translators still there. One person spent eight days in and around the airport before giving up and going back home. Last night he talked to me, he asking me, he said, like, can you know someone in the airport to help me? I said, I can't. I know, I, I don't know someone else because right now everything has changed. Everything is in by Taliban hand. For years, advocates have been frustrated by the time it takes to go through the SIV process. The number of visa approvals has jumped in the last week. Afghans finished the process at one of four U.S. military bases before quickly moving to their final destination. Adleva Beko is with Jewish Family Services in San Diego. She says it's a challenge just finding a place for them to stay. We got uh, a call this morning saying that you have a family arriving at 8.30 tonight. And that's all the prep time that we got. And the biggest challenge remains the housing. Again, San Diego has a housing crisis as it is. So dealing with that in such an emergency situation makes it even more difficult. They arrive with few belongings. Afghans receive government assistance, but groups on the ground in the U.S. are scrambling for essentials like pots and pans and kids' clothing. Anything that says home. And that was KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh. Finishing the job and protecting the homeland. That's what the Secretary of Defense says is behind his coronavirus vaccination mandate for service members. KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman has details on how military personnel will get their shots here in San Diego. Here at Naval Medical Center San Diego, preparations are underway to vaccinate the remaining military members here in San Diego. That includes Marines and sailors. Now all this happening after the Secretary of Defense ordered mandatory vaccinations for all service members. A spokesperson for the medical center here says teams will use shot exercises on the pier in San Diego and out in the field for Marines at Camp Pendleton, as well as our local military hospitals and clinics to vaccinate everyone. Navy officials saying they are prepared to execute up to 7,000 shots per day between Camp Pendleton and San Diego. Sailors and Marines can be vaccinated at other military medical facilities, and they can also use the same sites open to civilians. But if they choose to do that, they'll have to provide proof of vaccination to leadership. Now, there's more than 100,000 
active duty military here. But keep in mind, coronavirus vaccines have been available for service members for months now, but not all have elected to get them. The Secretary of Defense says the mandate is necessary to keep a healthy and ready force, calling this operation one that will finish the job. Service members are no strangers to vaccinations, and military officials say under this mandate they will only be using vaccines fully approved by the FDA. And keep in mind, right now, that only includes the Pfizer vaccine. On the active duty force, 68% is fully vaccinated, and we estimate that just over 76% have at least one dose. Once you mandate it, as we've done, it's a lawful order. It's a lawful order. Um, and we fully anticipate that, uh, that uh, our troops are going to follow lawful orders. The Secretary of Defense says he wants all service members vaccinated in a, quote, ambitious timeline with regular status reports. As it stands here at the medical center, officials are just waiting for some more guidance as far as how to proceed with this vaccination mandate. And that was KPBS health reporter Matt Hoffman. San Diegans could soon be paying more for water and wastewater services. KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen has more on the rate hike proposal and an unlikely way it could be stopped. If you live in San Diego and pay your own water and sewer bills, you should have gotten a mailer recently from the city government. It was easy to miss, but it has important details on how much the city wants to raise its rates. And on the last page, there's a form you can sign and send to the city clerk protesting the changes. This is mandated by the 1996 ballot measure Proposition 218. Adam Jones with the city's Public Utilities Department says if a majority of ratepayers turn those protests in, the rate proposal is dead in the water. This council doesn't deliberate. They don't, dis- they don't talk about it after the public hearing of hearing all of the, uh, the feedback from the public. Everything ends and uh, the department has to go back to the drawing board and, and see what additional things we may, we may do. For this to happen, though, more than 130,000 protest slips would have to be turned in. The last rate hike saw only about 20,000. So what would happen if the new rates aren't approved? Well, the water San Diego buys from its wholesalers is getting more expensive, so the department would eventually run out of money. And sewer rates haven't gone up in almost a decade. Jones says right now they're just not covering the costs of maintaining the system. So you're talking pipeline replacements, repairs to repair and replacement of pump stations, uh, treatment plants. Uh, We've reached the point where our financial metrics um, aren't where they need to be. Under the proposal, wastewater rates would actually get cheaper for businesses and residents who live in apartments or condos. That's because the city determined it wasn't fair for those customers to pay higher rates than people in single-family homes. The rate changes are due for a city council vote on September 21st. And that was KPBS Metro reporter Andrew Bowen. Coming up, new research predicts San Diego's median home price could reach close to a million dollars by this time next year. We'll have that next, just after the break. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. 
It's either great news for San Diego or a reason to think about moving away, depending on your circumstances. Research by the home improvement site Porch predicts San Diego's median home price will reach close to a million dollars by this time next year. Local real estate experts are not completely in agreement about that, but they admit housing prices will continue their double-digit increase, and a million-dollar median is not out of the question. Philip Molnar is a senior business reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. He spoke with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh about the prices. Here's that interview. What's the percentage that housing prices would have to increase to reach about a million dollars next year? Porch is predicting a really hefty increase of 24.7%. So that would bring our median home price from where it's at right now to 940933 at this time next year. So it's it's not exactly a million, but it's it's getting pretty close. And what's the median now? Okay, so right now it's around 750000 So pretty incredible. <laughs> is that kind of increase possible? Yeah, I think it is because we've seen home prices go up. As of right now, home prices are up about 15% in a year. But at certain points during this past few months, they've been up about 20%. So we haven't really seen anything that would really change in the market that would stop this upward climb. We still have very low mortgage interest rates. There's very few homes for sale in San Diego County. We're not really increasing the number of homes we're building. And even though a lot of the pandemic, we've focused a lot on people that are suffering because of job closures and all that other kind of stuff, is people that are able to stay working from home, they've really seen their fortunes increase, not just wages going up, but also saving money on gas and all that other kind of stuff. So there's a lot of money out there. Now, what does this porch website base its predictions on? Okay, so one of the reasons I did like the study is they used a ton of stuff. They use Zillow, Redfin, U.S. Census, the S&P CoreLogic, Case-Shiller Indices. And what they were kind of looking at was a lot of things, a lot of these different websites, they have their own predictions. But also one of the biggest things that they base it on is how much homes are selling for over asking price. So it's very intense in San Diego how many homes are selling for over asking price. I mean, we had something like 4% of homes had a price reduction last month. So (laughs) it's really not, it's very hard to find a deal in San Diego. And they're kind of looking at that number and seeing the demand here and saying, okay, San Diego is gonna be one of the hottest markets in the country. Would you say that this is a housing bubble just like before the great recession? No, and most experts I talk to say no, because there's stricter credit requirements, Part of it is interest rates are so low that your monthly payments aren't as extremely high as back then. And we have seen wage growth and increased fortunes and all that kind of stuff that kind of play into why this is. What I will say about that is there is some nervousness going on, especially when you talk about, you know, loan programs that offer like 3% down or less. Because with home prices getting to such a high level, that's going to make your monthly payment so high. But, you know, as of right now, we haven't seen any change in those sort of loan criteria. We haven't seen any indication that interest rates are going to go up. So, yeah, most experts say we're not in a bubble, and that's the sort of information they give us. 
Now, you spoke with local real estate experts who doubted that real estate prices across the board in San Diego would increase almost 25% in a year. But one expert said we could see that in single-family homes. Why is that? Single-family homes are our hottest thing in San Diego County. They are at a median right now of around 850000 So it's not hard to imagine those going up near a million dollars. One of the reasons for that resale single family homes is we've definitely stopped building single family homes in San Diego County. If you look at the majority of construction over say like even the last 10 years, it's primarily multifamily housing, which actually is mostly apartments. So we're not really building these single family homes. Our population is slightly increasing. So there's such a fight for single family homes Lots of people, though, do live in apartments and condos. Would a big increase in housing prices also be felt in the rental market? Yeah. You know, what's amazing is in the last couple months, rent prices have exploded. San Diego County rent is up 9% in a year. And that's the highest I, I personally have records for going back to around the year 2000. So a year over year increase. There's a lot of factors going on that are causing that to go up. Part of it is, well, you still can't really evict anyone. So if you're going to start a new lease, you're going to start at pretty high. You've got different rent control measures. So there's a lot of that stuff. But a third factor that is always wrapped into this is, well, if you can't buy a house in San Diego, which increasingly more people can, you might as well just be stuck renting. So because of that, there's more demand for rentals and that also pushes price up in rentals. What could happen to slow the increase in housing prices? The biggest thing is probably a change in interest rates. We've actually noticed in San Diego County, when the interest rate starts ticking up, and this is kind of the same across the United States, but when you see the interest rate ticking up, it tends to slow the amount of sales for homes. We haven't seen it that much during the pandemic because there's so much feverish demand, but an increase in interest rates could do it. Or again, there's always some sort of external shock that could cause some sort of thing like a, a, a recession or inflation explosion or anything. It's so hard to predict year over year what could happen. But the biggest thing in the short term that's probably realistic that would make a big impact is any change in interest rates. You know, before people begin to pack their bags to leave town when they hear about million-dollar houses, you ended your report with some words of advice on how seriously to take predictions like this. That's right. So predictions are so difficult in the home market. I've talked to some of the smartest people I know in real life that are dead wrong in what happens with home prices. I run this thing at the Union Tribune. It's a 12-person panel where I talk to 12 business leaders and economists every week. It's called the Econometer, and I ask them a question. So I asked them in December 2019 what the median home price would be at the end of 2020. The lowest was 570000 The highest was 624500 You know, that's the very high. You know what it ended the year at? 715500 Nobody was able to predict how much home prices would go up. And I would argue that if, if this group of experts couldn't get it right, even though there was something crazy happened with coronavirus, if they couldn't get it right, you know, just keep in mind, nobody's exactly sure. And that was Philip Molnar, senior business reporter for the San Diego Union-Tribune. He was speaking with KPBS Midday Edition host Maureen Kavanaugh. 
And that's it for the podcast today. Tomorrow, we'll have a special bonus episode of the podcast featuring the KPBS Summer Music Series. In the meantime, be sure to catch KPBS Midday Edition at noon on KPBS Radio or check out the Midday Edition podcast. You can also watch KPBS Evening Edition at 5 o'clock on KPBS Television. And as always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. I'm Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening, and have a great weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Arizona Raft Adventures, a third-generation family-owned outfitter providing experiential multi-day Colorado River rafting adventures through the Grand Canyon. Hiking, exploration, education, and fun. Only a seven-hour drive from San Diego. Learn more at azraft.com.